Welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss anything just outside the norm, ranging from the bizarre and unexplained to the supernatural and paranormal and everything in between. I'm your host today, Eric, joined by my fellow co-hosts, Sean and Ethan. In this episode, we'll be discussing the mysterious death of Alfreda Knack. Yeah, this is another listener-suggested episode, so big thanks to Tannis for not only suggesting this idea, but also for providing us with a ton of research material. It really was a big help in helping us understand all the intricacies to this bizarre mystery. Yeah, Tannis really went above and beyond and sent us some some newspaper articles and a lot of information that you can't simply Google search, so we appreciate that, Tannis. All right, so let me do a little overview or introduction to this story. This bizarre and mysterious story takes place in Lake Bluff, Illinois, around October 1928. Alfreda Knack was a 29-year-old book saleswoman and Sunday school teacher, and by most accounts was an attractive woman. She experienced one of the most horrific tortures thinkable. Yeah, when I was reading about this for the first time, it was pretty shocking and kind of disturbing to me. An employee at Lake Bluff City Hall found Alfreda at around 7 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Her nude body was propped up against the furnace in the basement of the police station. Alfreda had extreme burns on her legs, arms, and even her head. She had been charred so extensively that some of her bones were exposed. That must have been a pretty horrifying sight for whoever did find her. I agree. It's, it's You're like not finding a person. It's almost like you're finding a corpse, but it's... Moving, yeah, like I'd people, imagine. you know, find partners or friends that have committed suicide, but I mean, nothing along finding something like this. Definitely, yeah. So parts of her clothes and hair remain inside the furnace. By her own word from later interrogations, Alfreda said she had gone alone to the police station Monday night and had sat there until early Tuesday morning and then had gone to the furnace room and tortured herself by fire to prove her spirit faith. One arm, then another, then laid on the live coals of, her, of the furnace, then her right foot, then her left foot, before finally poking her face through the narrow furnace door and holding her head over the fire until she was burned to the skull. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anything remotely close to this. Most people can't even hold their hand on the stove for a fraction of a second. Yeah. Through all this, remarkably, she was still alive. After being rushed to the hospital, she declared that she had done this to herself in an attempt to purify herself for her psychic lover. And when asked by her brother Alvin why she was at the station in the first place, Alfreda claimed she was meeting someone there to carry out a spiritual pact of some kind. We had a pact, she told Alvin, but the other one did not go through with it. I went through with it alone. Very odd statement to make, so things are already getting extremely weird. Definitely, but she she made a bunch of strange statements after getting to the hospital, so I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Alfreda's extremely odd confession of thrusting her own limbs into the live coals of the station's furnace to prove her faith in this spiritual was initially doubted by the skeptical authorities and her doctors, who believed that no human being could voluntarily withstand such torture that she claimed to have done herself. And I can definitely see their side to it. So as she drifted in and out of consciousness, Alfredo was heard to mutter the name of a woman who she said could explain everything. However, no one at her bedside could really understand the name that she was trying to say, and she relapsed into unconsciousness before she could repeat it. Three days later, she died in her hospital bed. 
Despite this interesting fact, things are about to get much stranger as there existed a large amount of evidence to suggest that someone else had actually committed this unspeakable act. So now we're going to discuss some of the evidence that suggests that her initial claim was actually false. So the first bit of evidence, uh, Alfreda claimed to have assessed the uh, furnace herself. However, the key was never found. Yes, no one really knows how she got in there. I mean, could it have been unlocked to begin with? When I looked into that, that was uh, a red flag that came up. I believe the um, the the last policeman who was at the station locked everything up at 9.30 p.m. I mean, you say that, but, I mean... It's possible that he forgot human, one door. Yeah, that's, human error. That's true. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's one side to it. Uh, another tidbit, uh, there was also a mark on the back of her neck that indicated she had possibly been clubbed. Not much other details about this, however. Right. I mean, it could be someone hit her, but I was also thinking, I mean, she's burning herself, so it could have been she exactly. just falled over at one point. Yeah, or maybe maybe when she initially put her head in the flame, she lifted her head up and smacked it on the door of the furnace. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, you, you touch something that's hot, it, your skin's left red, or it's, you have some kind of mark, so it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe, like Eric, you said that she picked her head up or something, maybe touched the hot furnace, like the opening, and then kind of just it was a, a little a little burn, but you know nothing that was you know to cause skin deterioration or severe burns. Right. Another piece of evidence: Alfreda claimed to have been visiting a man she was in love with by the name of Charles Hitchcock that night. Charles Hitchcock was a Lake Bluff night policeman and a former motion picture actor. However, he was at home in bed with a broken leg from a fall that happened a week before and therefore ruled out as a suspect in this case. I think that's a little convenient. I don't know if you guys, if, if our listeners watch much stuff like, I don't know, crime TV shows, CSI, Monk, stuff like that. But it always seems like the real murderer gets ruled out initially by something that would make it impossible for them to have ever committed the yeah, crime. Yeah, it sounds like your typical CSI episode. It's always the first person, and then, yeah, like you said, ruled out, and then finally there's something later on in the episode that ties them back in. Yeah, I mean, Hitchcock definitely plays a big role throughout this story, so it's, it's kind of hard to get a definite bead on where he lies in this. Or perhaps, as we'll discuss later, he did commit the crime. However, he was in bed resting the entire time that Alfredo was being burned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some weird elements to this that we'll, we'll definitely get into in the theory section. Yeah, so I mean, while she was in the hospital, Alfredo was professed a great spiritual love for Hitchcock, calling him her psychic lover or astral lover and all these kind of weird terms. Um, Hitchcock, however, claimed that he knew nothing about this and that he was nothing more than uh, simple friends or acquaintances with Alfredo. Now, what exactly is a psychic lover? I've never heard that phrase or put that, you know, that way. Yeah, I, I don't, I, just between that and astral lover, it kind of just like, like a soulmate or something, like the stars align and this is the person you're supposed to be with, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah, I couldn't find a, like a definite, and of course, I mean, Alfredo died soon afterwards, so you can't really get a exact yeah. quote of what she meant by that, but that, that's just what I thought, it was like she meant he was her, like, spiritual connection. Right. The takeaway is that Alfreda was obsessed with this Hitchcock guy. Right. So finally, the door to the furnace was locked from the outside. 
who locked this door. Uh, we will discuss this further. Something that when I read that, it jumped out to me is like, you know, sometimes doors lock from the inside. You you can have an easy accessible door from the front, but it's it, it's kind of like two way. It's locked in the from the inside, but so that, that, yeah, I mean, that was, some some keys. I mean, some doors can be like locked from both sides. Yeah, like if you have the key. So maybe that was that. Maybe that was it. Like the outside, it was like impossible to open from the inside. Right. I'd imagine though, based on all the stuff that I read, that. If this had been something where it could have been locked from the inside, that it wouldn't be such a claim and such a piece of evidence. Like, a lot of the articles that I read mentioned this. So, I would imagine it could only have been locked from the outside. Yeah. Though still very hard to believe, the authorities were on the verge of actually, you know, believing that Alfreda's accounts that she had done this to herself and mutilated her body actually took place, and they believed her claims. However, before Afrida died in her hospital bed, she changed her story to indicate that she had been assaulted and stated, Frank threw me down. The only man named Frank that the police were aware of in Lake Bluff or around the area was Frank Mandy. Frank did live in that town and shared a studio with Charles Hitchcock. What a coincidence. However, there was no evidence to link him to the crime, nor was there evidence that they even knew each other. Of course, if they had been having some sort of love affair or even a, a three-way love triangle, then this would provide plenty incentive for Frank or Alfreda to keep this a secret. Right. I believe they went and searched Frank's place, but I believe he was out of town. I can't remember if they found his alibi, but I believe he was out of town when this all went down. I, mean, I kind of believe that Alfreda may have just been delirious at this point, though. As she couldn't understand when the police were asking, you know, what's Frank's last name? She she just she couldn't answer anything. So I'm thinking perhaps she just made up a random name or is maybe having a flashback to a distant memory with a man named Frank. That's definitely a, a possible explanation for this comment. Yeah, and definitely, and then the I mean the connection with Charles Hitchcock. I mean you're going to hear his name come up again and again. That's that also is a little strange. Yeah, I think it's too coincidental that his name keeps popping up or you you have this triangle eric you said all the reason to keep it quiet but it's also more the reason for somebody within that group to do something to one another to uh maybe make it a duo instead of a full triangle where all of them are involved oh uh, so speaking of charles hitchcock as alfredo lay dying in her hospital room Investigators were hoping that if her supposed lover, Charles Hitchcock, was brought in, that it would lead to some new answers or some kind of new lead that they could follow up in this case. So Hitchcock was taken to the hospital, still had his broken leg, escorted by his fellow police force, and brought to her room. So he greeted Alfreda and asked her some questions, trying to figure out what happened. However, all of a sudden, the young lady just remained nearly silent the whole time. The only time she was really speaking is when she said she was glad to see Charles, but then she didn't answer any of his questions, merely saying goodbye when he was leaving. So, unfortunately, this reunion, just nothing new was learned from someone that she was so deeply infatuated with that she couldn't say almost two words to him, or even look him in the eye. Exactly, yeah. She was probably ashamed of herself, or or something emotional was going on in that situation, but actually when he came in, she looked him in the face and then turned away, and he asked, Aren't you glad to see me? And she replied, yes. 
and then said very little else, like Sean said. So to me, it's kind of painting a picture that he had some sort of control over her that she was being forced to play along with this story. Or, or she was uh, deeply ashamed for what she had just done and couldn't look him in the eye for, uh, I bet she isn't the most attractive woman right now scarred but she's probably all bandaged up. that's i mean that's true i never thought about that that she might have been trying to hide her burnt face or something so i mean after that reunion and alfreda ended up dying hitchcock pretty publicly criticized the handling of the investigation saying in a quote the official investigation was a farce why in heaven's name did they wait until miss knack was dying before i was allowed to visit her i might have been able to solve this whole case if they would let me see her she would have talked to me sooner than some others but i'm not finished with the case as soon as I'm able, I'll be out on it, and believe me, I'll do everything I can to find out who burned Fritzy. Eric mentioned earlier with, usually it's the first suspect, this this little statement by him, it's kind of like him deflecting. Right. Try, trying to throw uh, people off his trail or make him seem like the good guy in this. Yeah, it's like, so he, he's trying to campaign the the charge, the investigation, to find who the person was. So but he might be trying to take himself out of the suspect spotlight right. and try to get the, you know, light a fire into the police to start looking at other people. Charles Hitchcock would later supposedly collapse from the strain of this bizarre situation put on him. His wife said later that Hitchcock had trouble sleeping ever since the tragedy. And the mysterious self-portrait of Alfreda in the flames of the blazing furnace has proved her faith in her psychic romance with Hitchcock have made the man despondent. So, shortly before his collapse, Hitchcock told the sheriff that he was through with Lake Bluff. So, I mean, just the way that he was reacting here made me think that perhaps he did have something to do with this and some kind of guilt was eating him up. I would imagine seeing someone you know and possibly care about, whether it be in a relationship or as a friend, seeing them in this sort of state with such gruesome wounds would be sufficient to make me collapse. So, I mean, I yeah, agree it's a possibility, I but I don't know if it can all be chalked up to that. Well, right. I mean, I never got the feeling or, or didn't read anything that they were extremely close or, like, best friends or something. I mean, Hitchcock didn't even know that Alfreda had these deep emotions for him, so that they can't be that close. I mean, if they were remotely close to each other, he would have picked up on these signs, knowing that she had something going for him. Right. And then, I mean, just imagine, so you see someone that you're moderately friendly with in a hospital, and yes, they are burnt up, but is that enough for all of a sudden for you to cause that you can't work, you're having trouble sleeping, and you have to leave town? That just seems like a little too much if he claims that he didn't really know her that well. Right. So also, one might consider the trauma that she had experienced. Uh, skin serves as a barrier to not only keep infectious material and stuff like that out of the body but it also keeps moisture inside the body so it is possible that her wounds allowed her to become very severely dehydrated which caused her to then become delirious and say things that weren't even at all based in reality you have to imagine though that doctors at this time are somewhat familiar with burns and along with that degree and would be keeping her at least somewhat, or keep fluids in her for the most part with through IVs or something like that, right? Yeah, but this is this is the twenties. They well, yeah, I, I know it's not in depth of their knowledge, but it, you gotta. Imagine. Well, no, I mean, if if you if you have this extensive of burns, I mean, even today we couldn't manage this person medically speaking, right? 
to to keep them from being becoming dehydrated. Yeah. A final clue was that Knack spoke of a woman who was able to explain everything in her words. However, the investigators weren't able to understand her, and when questioned about the exact name of the woman, she slipped back into unconsciousness. Now, is this the same person from way in the beginning of this discussion that we were having of uh, the person that she supposedly had a pact with? You don't. We don't know. I mean, it, it could have been that connection, but like I said, like she's she said there was a woman who can explain everything, but when the police asked, you know, what's her name? She couldn't give an answer and just slipped back into unconsciousness. And she couldn't even give a name regarding the person to her brother, uh, the person that she was supposed to meet there or carry out this deed with. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just because she is saying so much in this state, you know, like whether this was an actual clue or just some other rambles of her delirium, unfortunately can't be known since they couldn't really follow up with questions about this statement because she was kept on falling into unconsciousness and ended up dying just a few days later. So next, let's discuss some possible explanations for this this interesting case, or rather, some theories that are going to lead us to even more questions. Exactly. Let's let's just jump down the rabbit hole. There's there are so many <laughs> there are so many different theories and explanations to this case. It's it's crazy. Well, I mean, it seems like everybody wanted to jump in and contribute their piece of evidence to this strange case at the time. People were calling and giving tips and saying, oh, my dog heard a person walking and, and perked up. So anyways, we'll get into that, but go ahead, Sean. All right, so the first explanation is that Alfredo was murdered and that someone was actually for forcing her into the furnace and that she wasn't actually doing it herself. So you think of the murder theory, it does make sense that someone else was forcing her body into the furnace to me, just more likely than her having the willpower to do it herself. Yeah, and also something that goes along with that theory is that she was locked inside the furnace room, which would possibly suggest that somebody had stuck her in there. Um, also, in her religiously predisposed delirium, she was a Sunday school teacher. Um, she stated a mysterious hand locked the door when she entered. My initial thoughts were that Hitchcock was the murderer, and I I asked myself, why would someone on their deathbed not tell the truth about what happened unless someone, being Hitchcock, had threatened to, who knows, kill her family or something like that if she spoke? However, to refute this, when the state's attorney, known as A.V. Smith, tried to elicit a response from Knack, by lying and saying that they were going to arrest Hitchcock, her response would suggest otherwise because she said you would be doing a rank injustice. And then after that, she became so upset that he he wasn't even able to talk to her anymore. So either she was upset because she knew his threats would come to fruition, Hitchcock's threats, if he was convicted – or she was upset because he, being Hitchcock, was genuinely innocent. In addition to this, we, we earlier discussed the fact that Hitchcock had a broken leg. My first thought was, oh, maybe he just put a cast on himself, some BS. But actually, they did some x-rays to confirm that his leg was, in fact, broken. Yeah, they even did kind of a test, like asking him to walk around and stuff just to see what kind of range of motion he had to see if he could 
do this crime. Yeah. All right, so another fact that kind of leads into the murder theory is that a lot of the police investigators and Alfredo's own brothers believe this crime was done by one of her friends. Uh, her close relatives believe that she died shielding someone whom she loved. I think this is not a likely explanation just because it, it, it seems so far-fetched that she would do all this to protect somebody who really like thrust her into a furnace that doesn't make any sense to me like even if even if it was my if if my wife thrust me into a furnace and i wanted to protect her for some reason i i I just wouldn't do it i I would throw her under the bus in a second you're gonna be in trouble if she listens to this episode (laughs) (laughs) love makes you stupid though yeah i mean and just the fact that before she was bringing up all this spiritual packs and stuff is that perhaps that you know she really did love this person, whoever was there, and wasn't going to give them up. So, like she said before, like, you know, they were supposed to do a pack together, but she had to do it by herself. I mean, maybe that meant that whoever, the other person there was helping her, but then when they saw how burnt and how much pain she was in, that they chickened out and ran away. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could make sense. And then locked behind her, or locked the furnace door behind her to cover up any evidence, maybe, right. until later on. Yeah, true. Alright, so another interesting tidbit is that there is a Mrs. Clark who lived right next to the station. And Mrs. Clark claimed that her dog started barking and woke her up around 5.30am Tuesday morning when Alfreda's body would be found shortly thereafter. And the dog was sleeping outside on the back porch to her house, which is just 10 feet from the station's rear door. So when she mentioned this to the police, you know, perhaps she was thinking that the dog... Heard the door opening and then heard someone leaving, uh, which could have been Alfredo's attacker, perhaps, if this was just, you know, an hour or so before her body would be found. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but keep in mind, I mean, you say the, the, the policeman normally locks up around 9.30 p.m. She could have been in there any time between 9.30 p.m. and 6.30 in the morning, so... I don't know. That's that seems a little bit weak to me too. That's true. Yeah, they don't know the exact timeline of what she was doing. Or and this when, this when is she... what I was talking about. People are just coming out of the woodwork. This, I mean, this was a really huge story at the time. There are all kinds of uh, newspapers articles about this, and people are just like, "Oh yeah, my dog perked up and started barking." Dogs perk up for anything. Exactly. That's true. Could have been a squirrel. <laughs> Um, so another, this is kind of far-fetched, but Charles Hitchcock's wife was seen driving past the station sometime around midnight on, uh, Tuesday morning also. No, she did have an alibi that she had just left work, so her boss was letting her go. And, you know, she was passing by the station on her way home. So, I mean, if there, it is kind of a stretch, but if there was some kind of secret affair going on between Alfreda and Charles... And his wife found out, could she have done this? You know, how, how, on the flip side though, how would Miss Hitchcock even know Alfredo would be at the station though? So, I mean. Well, you say far-fetched. I think this is actually a, a more likely explanation than some of the other things we've discussed so far. Um, I mean, who better to murder Alfreda Knack than Charles Hitch- Hitchcock's wife? I mean, it's not hard for her to pick up on little cues here and there if they're potentially having an affair. So That's I true. think this is a pretty reasonable explanation. But when you think of wives who find their husband's mistress, mistress and do something bad, I mean, you know, 
It's usually like a gunshot or a stabbing. They don't yeah, you're not, you're not trap someone in a furnace room. Out. Yeah, then burn each yeah. body part individually. <laughs> the other thing to consider with this whole potential murder scenario is that it seems very unlikely to me regardless that someone would have directly forced her into the furnace one limb at a time. This would seem extremely difficult because you're going to grab somebody by the arm against their will and force them one limb at a time into a furnace. They're going to be writhing around in pain. It's It seems almost impossible to try and force somebody into a furnace, not to mention severely disturbing to anyone less than a complete psychopath. Yeah, that, that that's true. That's a little of a stretch. I mean... And plus, you think if someone was actually forcing her and Alfredo was fighting, that they would have some some kind of burn marks on them also for trying to stick all those different body parts into the coals. You you think there was some you would be some kind of mark on somebody? I agree. I, I don't think that anybody directly murdered her by forcing right. her into the furnace. I mean, unless she was drugged somehow, and the doctors couldn't. You know, they probably didn't even perform a drug test on her because. You know, she was just her body was so messed up anyway. So I mean, they, they I wouldn't, I wouldn't think a drug test at the, the get go. Yeah, so I mean, that's another theory. Is that, I mean, whoever did it could have, you know, doped her or something, and then she, that would have led her to, you know, wouldn't be feeling that much pain, and then also open to suggestion, so they could easily, you know, try to corral her and in, down into the furnace. So next, let's talk about our second potential explanation, and that is that Alfreda Nat committed suicide. Despite it being very unbelievable, it's probably the most likely theory, or nobody was ever pinned by investigators as a likely suspect, not to mention Alfreda's strong persistence that she acted alone. So it, it, it's almost unimaginable to think of someone doing this, but just the fact that the entire time she was in the hospital – you know, she was kind of claiming, like, you know, I did this myself, I did this myself, and also the fact that they, there was no suspects at all. They just couldn't find anybody remotely who they could link to this crime. Yeah, she changed it to briefly to a uh, a guy named Frank, but for the most part, right. she was sticking to her guns that this was all her doing. Yeah. Um. So, are you guys suggesting that possibly she was? maybe crazy, had some sort of mental illness, or maybe a, an emotional meltdown? Well, I think you would have to be. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think any person, even if they wanted to commit, I mean, suicide, could do this to their body. You know, I mean, there's a difference between jumping off a bridge and, once again, burning each part of your body individually. So I think she definitely had to have some kind of severe mental illness to go through with this. Um, so the opening to the furnace was only wide enough to allow one body part at a time to enter. So she would have had to consciously, of her own will, burn each leg, arm, and then finally stick her head in the furnace separately. So I just don't understand how anyone could have this kind of mental fortitude to continually burn themselves over and over again so badly. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, also the fact that she would have had to continue supporting herself on her badly damaged legs to burn her arms and her head. So I mean, she, she has to keep on using her body even as it's slowly being burnt and, you know, to a crisp. Yeah, I. so at this point, suicide seems less likely of an option. However, a lot of people think that she may have been brainwashed to do this 
herself. And this, this explanation sort of bridges the gap between the suicide and murder theory because some people believe that she was actually hypnotized. So she, in a sense, she did this to herself. It was, in a sense, suicide. However, she was indirectly murdered by the person that hypnotized her. Right. So, and we'll, we'll discuss this a little bit later, but I mean, Hitchcock, he was actually also a psychology teacher. So, and Alfredo was one of her, one of his students at one point. Exactly. And this was not a foreign concept to him. So anyways, I'll bring this back up in, in our final conclusion. Okay. All right. So probably one of our last main theories is that Alfredo supposedly belonged to a religious group known as spiritualism. So just a little background. After World War One, this religious fervor known as spiritualism quickly spread across Europe and America. So spiritualism is characterized by the uses of seances, psychics, mediums, spirit photographs, that kind of thing, to prove the existence of spirits and the afterlife. Now, spiritualism is literally a belief in spirits, souls, or ghosts, and that communication is possible with the deceased. So unlike most of the other major religions at the time, there aren't really any set rules or commandments or clergy, uh, and the congregations are kind of all improvised by the various communities. It seemed that most of the people who were the most interested in spiritualism had suffered a deep personal loss. So that's it. you see a lot of the soldiers returning home from World War One, you know, who had lost their friends and comrades out over in the fighting, and they couldn't find relief in a conventional religion. So that's why they kind of clung to this new, this new fad. So at the time, it was just spreading rapidly, and it was becoming the new and fashionable religion at the time. However, at the same time, there was a darker aspect to it, as there there was a reported spike in the number of people filling mental hospitals. So I mean, apparently there was a lot of people doing a lot of crazy things, supposedly in the name of spiritualism including human sacrifices, suicide attempts, and a whole lot more. So, in all these cases, the only cause given for their mental illness was a belief in spiritualism or study of the occult. So, a lot of these people were, people knew them as normal people, but all of a sudden they be, they start believing in spiritualism, and then something bad happens to them. So, Afrida Nack was actually supposed to be a practicer of spiritualism. And, you know, if this is true, and as she mentioned before, is she was performing some kind of spiritual pact. You know, maybe she burned herself in some kind of religious ceremony. Interestingly, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Alfreda Nack was actually a Sunday school teacher. Um, it wasn't uncommon in the 20s for people to find themselves unable to find what they're looking for with your typical everyday religion, so Christianity, Catholicism, that sort of thing, and then people turn to spiritualism. Yeah, definitely. I say it, it really was kind of the the fad religion of the time. It, it, it spread quickly, and a lot of people were jumping on that bandwagon. But at the same time, there was a lot of kind of very bizarre acts that were supposedly done in the name of spiritualism. I mean, people were. I mean, not just Alfred and Knack, but a lot of other people were attempting suicides in bizarre ways. So, I mean, perhaps there is some kind of connection there. So, our final piece of evidence for the night, and I'll preface this by reiterating the fact that at this time, 
this is a very big story and people are coming out of the woodwork to offer information or to volunteer clues here and there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- this story was spread like all over. I mean, th- you'll get, you know, that's a week we had a uh, newspaper articles that Tana sent in that were from like a whole bunch of you know major city newspapers. So th- this thing was definitely like the, the story of the, the month to say. Yes. So the most bizarre explanation in my opinion, revolves around a note that was received in the mail from an anonymous writer who confessed to having forced Knack to burn herself through hypnotism in an attempt to rid herself of her love for the married Charles Hitchcock. So while strange, this explanation is the only one that provides answers to most of our questions. So is hypnotism able to control one's mind to such an extensive level? Based on what I know about hypnotism, only used for simple suggestive things like quitting smoking, and it takes a lot of effort to get them to that level. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I, I don't think that you could. Uh, you might be able to help persuade somebody with hypnotism, but I don't think you could force them to probably do one of the most painful things imaginable and burning yourself alive. Yeah, I think uh, that, like you just said, Sean, you, you can use it to a certain extent or a certain threshold, and I think it's just for your subconscious uh, thinking or stuff like that, but at some point, I think your your instinctive uh, reactions or stuff like that, like pain, would kick in to something that extreme, and then you're wrapped back into your normality or your current uh, train of thought and not exactly not someone else's uh doing yeah and you you think even if it was that sometime in the three days she was dying in the hospital that she would have snapped out of it yeah so perhaps the writer of the letter was simply looking to stir the pot and add to the confusion or maybe lay claim to some of the some of the media that was covering this yeah i think that's the case i believe like I said, there are so many aspects of this case, but I believe that they, when they found the writer, or perhaps there's another one. There's, I mean, like you said, there's all these people writing in, but I know one, somebody who wrote in a letter, kind of trying to lay claim, was later picked up by the police and thrown in a mental asylum. So I mean, they proved that he wasn't there, but he was still taking credit for it. But the guy was just like mentally insane. The night of the incident, she was supposed to have met her secret lover Hitchcock at the police station where the furnace was, where she was found. However, when he failed to show up, she said she became overcome with the sensation of wanting to burn herself in order to purge herself. So she disrobed and climbed into the furnace, and you guys know the rest of the story. But this kind of leads us into our closing conclusions. My conclusion after hearing all this evidence is that Hitchcock, again, who was a psychology teacher, actually hypnotized her. And this impulse to burn herself came from her trigger, whatever that may have been, when he didn't show up to meet her. So Hitchcock's wife, I also believe, locked the door of the furnace in order to ensure that she could not escape. So this, I think this could have potentially been a group effort between Hitchcock's wife and Hitchcock uh, in order to kill her. Yeah, you're definitely seeing, I mean, I don't know if I believe that they did it, but I'm definitely seeing it being a group job, that there was more than just one person in the, in the room with her. And then when Hitchcock saw her later, he became, like Sean said, 
overcome with guilt and tried to project this guilt by blaming it on the investigators for doing a bad job. Also, how else could one be totally absolved of such a murder than to have, wait for it, intentionally broken their own ankle a week before? I think this, again, is kind of improbable given what we know about hypnotism, but if we assume that hypnotism to this extent is possible, then this explanation seems to fit the puzzle the best. And it seems to answer a lot of the questions. So what do you think, guys? What is, what is y'all's final conclusion? Yeah, I mean, Hitchcock definitely, I just, I keep on going back and forth. This guy keeps on popping up so many times that I feel like he has to have some kind of role. I don't know if he directly or indirectly led to her death, but I mean, I, I just, I think there was something shady about the guy. I, I believe I read that he was actually arrested sometime later uh, for robbery, I believe. So, I mean, he, he might have had some kind of criminal element to him, but I just, I just still, f I find it hard to believe that a person can have that much control over Alfreda to be able to hypnotize her and make her go through this horrible act by herself. I want to kind of take the, the stance, maybe a mixture, I wouldn't say hypnotism, but definitely spiritualism, kind of that aspect to it. Something, she had some kind of strong emotion, like whether it's to Hitchcock or something else that she was believing that forced her to maybe to go through. I mean, spiritualism involves uh, that, that the World War One soldiers went through this because they had lost somebody. Maybe, maybe she had finally figured out maybe she had lost Hitchcock forever, that he didn't have the same kind of emotional attachment to her as she did him and wanted to do a cleanse. And by that fact, she went in there and was able to do these unspeakable things to herself. That's kind of where I'm leading with this. I, I want to say that she did this to herself, that there was no outward uh, influence. It was all in her mind and what she was believing in. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Kind of linking the spiritualism and any her own loss of if she believed that Hitchcock was her supposed soulmate, but that he was already taken and she would never get him. So that kind of made her snap a little bit. I think that might even be why she potentially got into spiritualism to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I couldn't find anything... Detailed about when she started or how involved she was just beyond that she was a practicer of spiritualism. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint how zealous she was about that new religion. So, I mean, personally, I'll give my conclusion now. I just, it's hard for me to imagine how Alfreda could self-immolate herself, but to me, it does seem like probably the most likely scenario. I just don't really buy into any of the other suspects or leads that came out. I believe everything she said in the hospital was mostly brought on by her delirious state from being burned so badly, and what I'm guessing is that she was on a ton of painkillers at the time. That's definitely a, a likely explanation for some confusion as well, because, I mean, I see it in the hospital all the time at work. People get on a bunch of painkillers, and they quickly become delirious. In, and not only that, but when people are in strange environments, like being in the hospital, this is a very common occurrence. Exactly, yeah. I, I think a lot of this stuff that she actually said has to be taken with a grain of salt, um, just because she was under so much medication. 
I believe that whatever her reasoning was, whether it was from her belief in spiritualism, like Ethan was saying, or if she did have some kind of just mental breakdown and really thought that Hitchcock was her astral lover, I just think that somehow she managed to burn herself in the furnace without any assistance. So I mean, bottom line for me, I think this mysterious death was just some kind of psychotic episode, or perhaps she was doing some kind of bizarre cult or religious ritual that she undertook by herself that ended up leading to her death. So if you agree with any of our conclusions or you have your own, please feel free to post these on the wall. We're eager to hear from our listeners and for you all to tell us what you think of the episode. Yeah, this is definitely, I mean, we really jumped into this and, and investigated all we could. This is probably one of my new favorite mysteries. There's just so much to it. And I mean, the more you dig into it, the more different facts you'll find. And it, this is definitely one of the more bizarre and strange mysteries that I know of. And there's a lot of other information out there that we just didn't have time to discuss in this episode. So I encourage you guys to do your own research on the episode and then post on our wall and let us know what you think. Yeah, formulate your own opinions on what uh, you believe happened. So thanks for listening to our episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Once again, thanks to Tannis for suggesting and helping us out with this mystery. For anyone else who would like to reach us to send their own suggestions or further discussion on this episode's topic, please reach us at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, you can reach us on our Facebook page or Twitter. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please rate us and leave us a review. It helps promote the podcast and helps us reach more listeners. Take it easy, everyone. See you later. Take care.